The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Squares Contest. $1,000 prize pool and completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter today. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Bingo. A $57 SGPN gift card for every bingo hit will be awarded. It's exclusively on the SGPN app. Driver, start in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb welcome in to another episode of the nascar gambling podcast here on the sports gambling podcast network he's cody zeeb i'm rod via gomez and we are literally days literally hours we could probably count the hours now and be uh generally happy with how many there are to the first race of the season of course we are talking about the bush light clash at the coliseum from la <sighs> it's happening we, we're talking about betting and just like we said yesterday cody our first official show sheet of the season went out we are now in season my friend and we have betting cards to show for it it is time to actually place some bets, Rod. Oh, it seemed like this day would never get here. But here it is, three days until the clash at the Coliseum. It's almost here. Indeed. So this is going to go back to our normal three-stage uh, approach to the show, where stage one is, for this week, we're actually just going to try to lay out for you the Bush Clash format because, as there are some articles out there that state, this thing is too damn complicated for anybody to enjoy. So we'll talk about that and, and possibly why you should still enjoy this despite the overly complicated system on trying to figure out how to make drivers compete in this race. Then, of course, we'll go in second stage and talk about some head-to-head -head and uh, various other prop bets that are out there right now. And then, of course, in the final stage, we'll come back and give you some outright winners. So welcome back. If this is your first time listening to the show, we have it in three stages. We've had it in three stages for the entirety. Obviously, in the offseason, we sort of strayed away from that here and there. But we're back in season. This is the way it works out. Three segments, three stages, and uh, and it's all balls to the wall from here. So, Cody, this is the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. They are at the L.A. Coliseum, as we talked about. This is a quarter-mile track, uh, short, ridiculously short. Ridiculously don't, flat. Uh, I, I don't want you to skip the history lesson for today, Rob. Oh, shit. You're right. Jeez. My wow. Bad. What do you do? This is a big one, too. So before we get into the clash, I am as excited as Rod is and ready to jump into it. But this is a big number. So we got to get to it. So we've been doing the countdown throughout the offseason, 17 days until the Daytona 500. So I was looking up the numbers for the car number 17. This is the biggest number of starts we've seen from a car number. And this is a Hall of Fame number for sure. 1,842 starts by the number 17 car, 72 wins in the NASCAR Cup Series, um, 1,213 top 20 finishes. Cool. So it's finished in the top half of the series more times than a lot of these numbers we've covered have started races, which is crazy. Um, but number 17 car, Matt Kenseth, of course, top of the board, 471 starts, 24 wins, 227 top 10s, Led over 7,000 laps in his career. 
in the 17 car that is we talked about him the other day in the 20 car where he had a second hall of fame career basically in that car as well um, but he completed over 135,000 laps in the number 17 car sat on the pole eight times second on the list fellow hall of famer daryl waltrip he drove the 17 car for a long time he did you know make some appearances in other cars he had the 66 for a while and some other stuff he ran but 17 was a majority of his career 344 starts 15 wins 137 top tens led over almost well 3392 laps completed over 102,000 uh Ricky Stenhouse Jr. he's over in the 47 car now of course but he spent a lot of time in the 17 car before that 251 starts two wins 15 top fives David Pearson another hall of famer made 140 starts in this car 30 wins and 140 starts, 100 top five finishes in 140 starts. That is insane. That's that is a lot of starts. Fred Harb checks in next on the list at 110 starts, and then Chris Busher at 107 starts. He's got one victory. Of course, last year at Bristol, he won in the 17 car. He'll continue to race the 17 car this year, but that's been a staple number for um roush fenway well roush racing it originally was and then of course now it's it's current iteration with rfk but uh, a lot of other names have started this lake speed started 32 races sterling marlin drove this car for 13 races phil parson made a few starts um going on down the list here lenny pond made some starts in this car number bill elliott actually started five races in the number 17 car um and then as you get all the way down to the bottom of the list 96 different drivers have made starts in this car. Ralph Earnhardt, uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s father, made one start in the number 17 car in the Cup Series. Um, and Ford very much dominates this list. 1,177 starts. Chevrolet in at 560. And then a compilation of all kinds of other ones. Dodge made a few starts. Hudson, two races in Cadillac. Some Nash Motor Company. Studebaker. This car number has been around a long time, seen a lot of laps and a lot of races in the Cup Series. No Volkswagen? Come on, man. No, no Volkswagen on this one. We did have a Volkswagen. Was that yesterday on the 18, I think yeah. it was? No, no Volkswagen uh, yeah. bus. No Volkswagen in this one. You got Studebaker, Nash, Cadillac, Hudson, Chrysler, Plymouth, all down there at the bottom. Buick, actually, 33 starts in a Buick, so no Volkswagen. No Jaguar. We saw that in one of the numbers at one point. Uh, yeah, so there's been some, some odd uh manufacturers from back in the day i owned a volkswagen rabbit at one point in my life <laughs> just i just want to throw that out there i did not race it around a track but i definitely owned it so you should have uh <laughs> yeah i probably should have that would have been fun a volkswagen rabbit winning a race that's something you don't see every day ah uh, yes. all right so that okay. i love it man that oh that now just that the history lesson is gone but it was a good history lesson, man. I remember Kenseth. Couldn't, couldn't skip there. the 17 car with, with Kenseth and Walter specifically. And then, uh, you know, again, they're, they're just all the list of names there. Uh, Pearson, obviously incredible what he did in that car. So, Hey, I, I did drop the knowledge that we learned about the 18 car. Uh, in, the, in fact, go check out In Between Media. We just dropped the back road uh, tonight, as it were. So you can go to the In Between Media YouTube channel. And, uh, and catch that show there, uh, me, Elliot, and, uh, uh, of course, um, Seth holding it down on the back road. But, yeah, I dropped the, the knowledge that we learned about the 18 car being in constant operation from, like, 1905 on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Since the year cars were manufactured, the I 18 kid. has always been in race. I kid. <laughs> there was horses with 18 thrown on it. We're bugging it. So. Yes. De yeah, definitely check that show out. I didn't get a chance to watch tonight yet but i will check it out i always do it's always a good show you guys kill it over there why thank you and you'll definitely be a guest i'm sure on it as soon as later but um yeah definitely love 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 that 17 days man by the next time we crank it up we'll have a couple of good ones too tomorrow 16 yeah, yeah again these these lower digit numbers that's where you gotta get a lot of good starts indeed um all right so uh now let's get to the bush light clash of 2023 at the LA Memorial Coliseum. They've already started to turn that thing into a track for sure. Um, Cypress Hill will be there. Wiz Khalifa will be there. I'm sure Ice Cube will be there again uh, just to just to have some fun. He may not perform, but he'll be there. So this, this Bush Light Clash format, 
All right. So they're they're they started twenty three cars in the main event, the exhibition race last year. Now they're up to twenty seven. Right. All of the twenty twenty three NASCAR charted teams, they will be eligible to enter the clash, as will non charter teams and drivers for four additional starting spots. So obviously those required four spots. does well. They're not just eligible. They have to start. Oh, that's true. They have to start. So. <laughs> All right, but it says eligible. I'm just passing on. Don't <laughs> eligible. Shoot, don't shoot the messenger. Uh, but so what will happen first, okay, there will be single car qualifying that takes place on Saturday the 4th following a practice. So we'll actually get practice on Saturday the 4th. So we'll be keeping an eye out on that, which is why you got to get in on the Discord because we'll be keeping you up to date with that too. And then there's one round of three-lap qualifying which is a warm-up and two-timed for each car. That is that is what the single-car qualifying will be after the practice. You following so far? All right, because here it goes. This is where it starts to get a little bit crazy. The qualifying order will be set from lowest to highest of 2022's owner points. This is where the owner points come into play, right? While the four fastest open, those are the cars that don't have a charter for this, will transfer into the heat races if there are more than 40 entries. Which there's not. Which there's not. So the sack races will start. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> qualifying is going to set the starting order for the heat races, not for the race. For the heat races. The fastest qualifying winner for the poll of heat one and the second fastest qualifying winner for the poll of heat two. And then back and forth and back and forth. So third will go oh, to heat one. Yeah. Fourth no, there's heat. four heat races. Is there how many heat races is there? Oh, there's is four heat two? races. Yeah, there's four. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so if you qualify first, you're on the pole for one, second on the pole for two, third on the pole for three, fourth, fourth on, on the pole for four. Mm -hmm. And then if you qualify fifth, you're second in the first one. And yeah, just zigzag all the way through there. So on and so forth. Each heat race is going to be 25 laps. Only green flag laps count, which Cody has said before. And count and the top five finishers from each heat race will move to, on to the clash. And just to clarify as well for the betting part, the fantasy part, everything, the laps in these heat races and the last chance qualifiers that you're about to talk about don't count for anything. So they, it's only going to be the main event, which you'll get to in a minute. Yep, the only only thing that counts. So each heat race, I said that uh, remaining finishers will move on to two fifty last champ. Or last champ, <sighs> fifty lap last chance qualifiers. So uh, it, it's two races that are fifty laps, and of course this is the last chance. And the top three of those are going to move on to the clash. And then the final two spots will be reserved for the driver who finished highest in the points in 2022. Uh, that provisional that Cody was talking about a couple uh, days ago. That provisional will go to that to those two drivers. Huh. The clash itself is 150 laps. Only green flag laps will count in that as well. So, in summation, tons of stuff's going to happen on the track. Eventually, drivers will end up racing in the main event, <laughs> and you will right. be able to bet on that. And, yeah, I mean, stuff, you're going to want to keep an eye on it for gambling purposes, for uh, uh, DFS or fantasy purposes, stuff like that. So, we're obviously going to give you our bets today because... We're not doing a show in between there, you know, but we will have stuff in the discord. So make sure you're in there um, as well. But yeah, this is kind of a disaster because there's so many things going on. But if you have a head to head, I think last year, most of the books, if one of, if the, one of the drivers in the head to head didn't make it to the main event, they just voided them out as, as no contest. Um, and I think re I think winners might have even been refunded if they didn't, as in they didn't participate. Basically, if they didn't make the main event. So again, it's going to depend on your book. Check the rules or ask if you're that curious or just be expecting for there to be rulings like that. So if you bet ahead to head, somebody makes the show and somebody doesn't, you're likely not going to win that because it's technically a no contest. I'm trying um, to remember. So just housekeeping items. Do what? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Sorry, I, I thought you were. Thought you were almost done, uh, but I'm trying to remember. Was there practice last year? I I, don't I think remember. there was. Yeah, there. Were, I th I can't remember. I think there was a small practice before. So long ago. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> a lot has happened since then, Ron. Yeah, I, I just I feel like I feel like there was. Like they would have had to have had a practice. They're not just going to make them go run cold laps. 
You sure? On the first, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've seen them do worse things. Right? I was but, like, well, I don't know, man. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fairly certain there was a practice, and that's going to be another thing, right? You're going to be able to tell who's got speed. I mean, when there is practice, which there's not always practice, but when there is, and back in the day, uh, you know, pre-pandemic, of course, everything since then, but used to be like four or five practices. You could have all these different speeds and who's good in short runs, who's good in long runs, like informed your betting so much more. We don't have that now, but it is going to be important to, to watch practice times, watch qualifying times, see who's fast, and then watch the heat races, who's able to pass cars, you know, even if they did, you know, don't do good at qualifying, but they race through the field, pass a bunch of cars, they make the event. They're going to be a good DFS play, and it's just going to be you're going to have to put all these things together to have a well formed opinion. Now, luckily, since the main event is going to be at the end, you should, on most books at least, be able to bet up until the you know however long before the actual main event starts. So you could wait till after the heat races potentially, and then see where guys are going to start, how they've been running check those head-to-heads. Now things might move around and change. That's a possibility too. Maybe they pull them down. We don't know for sure. Right now there's only one place that's actually offering any head-to-heads. That's Thursday night at this point. So get your shit together books. But uh, <laughs> but here we are. At least we have some options and we have some good bets for you. So I'm excited. Oh, it's here. We're in our first betting show of the year. I couldn't be more happy, Rod. Well, and that's the thing, too. And we'll we'll preface the whole thing by saying proceed with caution because things will and will change. What we're giving you now is based off of what we think is going to happen. And I think between Cody and I, we've given you enough options of people that we are, are fairly certain that are going to be in this, in this clash. Now, of course, check the Discord as we get closer. There'll be probably some more juicy things to talk about in there. But for now... We're working with what we got, and we'll definitely give you the best information based on what we have right now. So Yeah, um, and then one other thing, too, and we say this a lot about super speedways, but again, this is an exhibition race, and my friend Greg Mathern over at Garage Guys wrote a pretty good article about don't blow your whole wad. Like, we've been so excited, right? There's no football this weekend, unless you count the Pro Bowl activities, but I don't. Uh, there's no football this weekend, right? We, oh, we got something to bet on. It's NASCAR. You know, but don't blow your whole wad this week because we got Daytona next week, which again, you're going to want to be careful because that can be crazy. But manage your bankroll as you always should, but specifically more this. It's an exhibition race. We talked about that before. Some guys might just be trying things. Some guys could give two shits less about making an NASCAR podium and getting a medal, and they don't care. They want to try stuff. So at Martinsville in the fall or whenever, they've got a better car and a better chance to get the championship, which is the ultimate goal unless you're Denny Hamlin, because he doesn't care about those. But uh, <laughs> but just just a word of, of caution as well as you go into this, as you always should, but even more so this, this week. Just remember, it is an exhibition. They're not racing for anything. There's some payouts, yes. And if you win, it's great, and you get the trophy and all that, but it is still an exhibition race. Which I am glad you said that, because I was about to say that too before I got sidetracked, so I'm glad you threw that in. Um, okay. At least I'm good for something around here. Oh, dude, you're good for everything around here. Like I said, they come for your knowledge. They stay for my nasally voice. It's just the way it is. So, um, all right. Speaking of nasally voice, I'll give you more of it on the other side of the break where we will start laying down real bets. I cannot wait for this. I hope you guys can't either. But first, we got to get this out of the way. We're going to tell you about WinBet. It's the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, which is also known as WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. Big game is here, not the flag football one, that other one the next week. WinBet's got you covered for that with great promos, odds, payouts. It's all happening right now at WinBet. I know you are ready to play. Sign up today. You're going to receive a special offer. Bet $100. Get $100, limited, of course, to state availability. And if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you can get a $1,000 free credit. Yeah, buddy. So much to choose from. All you got to do, head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state. Replay through winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Cody, we have reached the point now, after months and months of not having this, where we will give out our favorite bets for 
the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. We begin, my friend, with the head-to-head, and I threw in the various prop bets, too, because there was really only five head-to-heads that were offered, so we couldn't necessarily go all in on them. So uh, I give us an opportunity to, to do some other bets as well. So where, Cody, where, oh, where are we beginning on the betting process? Yes, well, as the head-to-heads were posted, one jumped right off the page to me and screamed my name and said, hello, please take me. And that was fading Martin Truex Jr., which is one of my favorite NASCAR pastimes at this point. Kevin Harvick over Martin Truex Jr., minus 125. Um, Looking back, and last year in this race, Harvick finished 10th and Truex finished 15th, so he he beat him last year. Um, Harvick beat Truex at both Martinsville races, um, which is again is one of the most comparable tracks. They finished back to back at New Hampshire. Truex did get Harvick there. They finished fourth and fifth, so we're close at least. Um, but then Richmond was another track I've been hearing over the week as a very comparable track as well. So I decided to look those up. And Harvick finished second in the spring and one in the fall. So a majority of the time, he has beat bested Truex last season. And again, not looking too much farther past last season. That was a new car. This is kind of the new iteration of who these guys are. And we have a sample size. And to me, besides the fact that I just want to fade Martin Truex Jr. And that in itself is good enough reason. And we love Kevin Harvick and his solid finishes, right? Um, But uh, the stats even back it up that that Harvick on this style of track performed much better than Truex did last year. Um, And so this one for me is a no-brainer and and my favorite of the head-to-heads that are available. Um, so yeah, Kevin Harvick over Martin Truex Jr. minus one twenty-five. Look, I'm just saying that when you find somebody that performs as well as Kevin Harvick does on a consistent basis, it is very difficult to try to take anybody of the caliber of Martin Truex Jr. Who, look, we saw him finish well a f- couple of times last season, and he he managed to do okay in one or two races here and there. But Kevin Harvick did it every single time. Uh, obviously, last season not the best season for him in the Bush Clash. But uh, I will say that, you know, for Martin Truex Jr.'s sake, I'm not even necessarily that thrilled about him being in this race. He finished 15th in this race last season. Kevin Harvick finished 10th. So if you would have bet this head-to-head last season, you would have won for sure. And so, Truex, too, just, like, strikes me as a guy who doesn't give a shit about a race like this. Like, not like this. I feel like he could care less. Like, And I, I think that there is certain drivers that would really, really like to win this or show up and perform. It's Harvick's last season, so I think there's going to be that boost to it. But Truex just seems to me like he he doesn't give two shits about a race like this, at least from the vibe that I pick up from him anyways. No, and especially at, toward the end of his career where he's got to be at this point. I mean, even if there's only one or two years left in it, the, these kind of races for him are just sort of like, okay, got to check the box, keep moving on. So He's looking at a couple weeks from now when he gets to – he's not good at super speedways really either – never one-on-one he's looking for later on down the road where he can maybe get one more win in his career here and yeah it doesn't he don't care about this race no no um all right two drivers that do headline my first head-to-head and that's ryan blaney over denny hamlin at minus 114 i know it's tough it's tough (laughs) but denny hamlin had problems in the main event last year i know blaney didn't even make the main event last year uh wow, really he didn't he did not make the main event That's last year crazy. yeah he had trouble oh no i'm sorry he did make the main event he finished 17th um okay. i'm thinking so of somebody trouble else. in the main event. <laughs> but he did have trouble in the main event yeah he finished 17th but denny hamlin finished dead last uh he only completed 52 of the laps whereas blaney uh had 147 before he had to bow out uh he was actually still running but he he didn't i think it was it, yeah he was a ton of laps <laughs> down um Oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, three laps down. Um, but again, he still finished above Denny Hamlin in this. Look, we talked about Ryan Blaney being a damn good driver last season, but not necessarily getting the wins, obviously, to show for it. He was a consistent guy, made the the playoffs on his points, basically all on his solid finishes. Whereas, yeah, Denny Hamlin had wins. Denny Hamlin made it interesting toward the end. But... Um, like you talked about with Martin Truex Jr., I don't think this is necessarily a race that Denny Hamlin cares about it for himself. Obviously, he wants to go out and run well, but 
he's got other logs in this fire at this point now with 23-11, and I think he's more interested in seeing them succeed in this race than maybe him. So he'll, he'll be one of those guys that I think is going to be trying stuff out. I think he's going to be testing the water, whereas Blaney, Blaney's out to win this thing. Blaney wants to go out and run well for him. He's not trying to impress owners. He's not trying to, you know, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder from last season enough to go out and do well in this race. And at the very least, I think he'll finish better than Denny Hamlin. Is that a, is that a position? Maybe two? Yeah. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah, I think that... Honestly, Denny Hamlin came very close to being one of my picks to win, but the fact that he hated this race so much last year and hated everything about everything that was going on kind of did shy me away from that. You know I love me some Blaney. His teammate won the race last year. Ford sort of struggled overall, kind of, but Joey still won it. So, yeah, I I think that you could probably make a case for either side, but I don't hate a, uh, a Brian Blaney side of anything, really. No, you don't. So that's why I'm glad you liked it because I knew, you know. Rod took- has the first Ryan Blaney's corner of the season. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, man. I don't have it queued up. Go for it. <laughs> that's okay. Um, next up for me, William Byron over Ross Chastain at minus 114. Um, if you look back at last year and you want to talk about somebody who did not make the race, Ross Chastain uh, on that list, he did not make the show. Um, even in this race, and I get he went on to have a lot more success later in the season, right? But William Byron, very good at this style of track. He finished sixth here last year in this race, so was you know wasn't up front running to win, but had a good solid day. Um, he then went on to win the spring race at Martinsville, leading 212 laps. Um, Chastain finished fifth in that race, so he's he still did all right there. Chastain beat him in the fall race at Martinsville but uh, only because he passed him on the last lap as he did the Hail Melon. So Byron was beating him throughout the race despite the the last lap move there. Um, But if you look back at New Hampshire, uh, they were close together there. And then at both of the Richmond races, William Byron beat Ross Chastain as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing on here is Byron had success last year and Chastain struggled. And I know that Chastain struggled so much he didn't even make the race. So <laughs> that's that's a hell of a struggle, right? Um, but And I know that he had went on to have good success the rest of the season. You're also still putting a Hendrick car against a Trackhouse car. And as much as Trackhouse has improved, as much as we've seen from him, Hendrick has all those extra employees, all that extra time in the offseason. And I'm going to trust a Hendrick car a lot more than a Trackhouse car, at least early. Um, and so, yeah, this one, again, was one that I really like, and I think Byron Byron is, is sneakily good on this style of track. He doesn't get talked about a lot, but I think the fact that he led 212 laps and won that Martinsville race really shows that. I want to say he won a truck race at Martinsville this past season as well, or maybe that was the year before, but he's been good there um, in the past. So, yeah, I'm going to ride with, with William Byron. It kind of fade the public side of Chastain. Chastain again, has earned a lot of fans based on, you know, last season, especially the Hail Melon. And that's great. I love the guy as well, was on him, 41 at Coda, and many other times throughout the season. But I'm going to fade a little bit of that that public there and take the William Byron side. Well, and this is a race that we saw last season too, that patience is is virtue. Like there's not you there's not a lot of room to be overly aggressive. And we know Chastain is an aggressive driver to say the least. I mean, and that's this style of track does not necessarily okay, short tracks, okay. But this short of a track, I mean, there's short tracks and then there's this. Like it's literally like driving around your high school track or your college track. So this type of track doesn't necessarily lend itself to being overly aggressive in which Chastain knows there's not a lot of laps. His internal clock is not suited for a quarter mile track. So this is where he can get himself into a decent amount of trouble. And I'm with you. I don't, I don't, Byron's a lot more patient of a, of a driver. Byron might be one of the most patient drivers, like in the whole field. You don't, you don't see him getting caught up in it. And yeah, Chastain's impatience slash aggressiveness is probably not good on this small of a track and could lead to getting him in more trouble. I'd have to look and see why he didn't make it last year. Maybe he got caught up in a wreck in a heat race or something. I don't have that right in front of me at the moment. But I do think that that is definitely a chalk in the bad column for uh, for Chastain. It's funny. I, I don't remember because I, I didn't follow Chastain 
very closely at the beginning of last season. I don't think very well, many people did. At that point, everybody was like, why would they pick this guy to be in this car? What are you thinking? Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. And so it was like, I that's why I didn't really pay attention. So it's funny. It's funny that now we're talking about Chastain, but before I was like, who? I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right, so my next head-to-head is one Kyle Bush. And now I don't even have to put Kyle Bush anymore because there's only one Bush in the field. Uh, but Kyle Bush over Joey Logano. But Rod Logano won the race last year. Yes, he did. But as Cody has pointed out several times over in the course of the offseason, that was the very first Bush clash. <laughs> it was the very first time in these uh, in these cars. And so, of course, Joey Logano is going to win the first Bush class. Of course, he's going to win the first race in the, the brand new car. It's not the case anymore. And, and Joey Logano is the returning champion, is one of those drivers that doesn't have to prove anything in this Bush clash. He's just going to test stuff out. This team is probably not necessarily so gung-ho to win this as they were last year. Not to say that these guys want to go out and lose these races. We've already said that before. Let's let's get not get it twisted. If they're in a position to win, they're going to gun for that win. I mean, we saw that last year between Logano and Bush, right? Both of those guys were in a position to win. They wanted that win. Drivers four or five rows down the track, eh, weren't necessarily all that interested in trying to win because they were kind of out of it at that point. But I think Kyle Busch this season has way more to prove than Joey Logano does as the returning champion, right? And again, I think this is one where Logano can take it easy and no one's going to think any different of of him and his position and he's still going to take the Daytona 500 green flag as the champion. So this Bush clash does little for his reputation between now and then. Whereas Kyle Busch, we harped on it all season long, stepping into a brand new car, right? That eight car is going to be Kyle Busch's car. He led... So many laps. He led 64 laps of this race last year to Logano's 35. Um, obviously, I'll talk about somebody that led just as many laps in that position. But, you know, Kyle Busch, 64 laps led of the 150 that they ran. So he's dominant. He's dominant car now, I think, uh, to beat. We've talked about it before. So uh, give me Kyle Busch over Joey Logano in this race. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> Again, if you've listened to one show this offseason, you know how much I love Kyle Busch. And yeah, Joey did win it last year. He's got the thing for the first times. There, uh, Dale Tanhart on, over on the Garage Guys as well, he pointed out a pretty awesome statistic. But if you look back, the championship hangover in NASCAR is like a very real thing. I don't. I think Jimmy Johnson in like 2013 or something was the last driver to win the championship and then win at least that many as many races as he did that season the next season like every driver since then has won less races the next season Uh, you know obviously Kyle Larson won the 10 two years ago and then hardly won any last year Elliott had won five in his championship year in 2021 or 2020 rather 21 was very disappointing for him and so the championship hangover is a real thing Again, Joey's like the San Francisco Giants and wins it every other year. So that guy, you know, it's just it, it, like it really he does have that type of thing. And again, we've talked about it so many times with him, even last year where he won the championship and won some races. He's so inconsistent on he could just be out to lunch or he can be really good. So if you're going to toss it up in 50 50, maybe he's OK, maybe he's not. That's that's helping your Kyle Busch argument. Kyle Busch has something to prove. Once get off to a good start, hopefully he's not a little too over aggressive because that could take away from him. But uh, yeah, I love Kyle Busch this week and this year, just in general. I, I think that we're going to see, and there's a lot of people, man, I've seen a lot of I hate towards Kyle Busch and he's past his prime and he's not, you know, RCR is not as good of a ride and Tyler Reddick only got three wins because his talent. You're saying Kyle Busch isn't talented. Woo. Oh, buddy. I, I, Good luck. Good luck to you on that side of the fence. But I'm I'm gonna again side with the the angry, pissed off Kyle Bush. So you know I like this one as well. Amen. I like your next one for sure, though. Yeah, I, th- I threw a couple fun longer shots in here. Right early in the season, throw out a few small bets, see if we can hit a big fish, and then give us a bigger bankroll headed into Daytona. So why not? Justin Haley, a top three finish, sixteen to one. Again, we've talked about Justin Haley in this race last year. Um, he qualified third fastest that put him on the pole for the third heat, right? The same format last year. He led all 25 laps. Then in the main event, he was running in the top five, the entire race. Kyle Larson just dumped him late in the race, cost him his day. Um, but Justin Haley, again, I've mentioned it a hundred times. 
most underrated driver in NASCAR. I think he's going to have a breakout season this year. Um, you look at his statistics on the comparable tracks, and they're not great. I'm going to tell you that because I looked and I was like, oh, I'm not even going to write any of these down because they're not great. So you got to take that away from him. But it's 16 to 1. So he did it last year. Again, even a track like Martinsville is big enough that it is still, even though it's comparable, it's different. And so you can't take everything from something like that. So, but yeah, just I go based on what he did last year and based on my high hopes for him this year and the improvement with colleague uh, and having AJ in house, having a better team year two of all this stuff. I think they continue to make uh, steps forward. So yeah, love me some Justin Haley, 16 to one for a top three finish. Doesn't even have to win it there. He, you know, if he, if he does like he did last year, runs in the top five all day, you're going to be pretty happy to have a top uh, 16 to one bet running in the top five. Yeah. And I, well, of course you guys know that we both love Justin Haley on this show, as far as the chases are the clash is concerned. And look, we, we did it last season too. I think we even, we talked a little bit about Justin Haley and, and how he may surprise us and he came out and did well in the clash and sort of validated us for about 15 minutes. And then of course we know what happened at the end, but um, yeah, I mean, look, he's he's one of those drivers that I think can and will do well again this season. And I think he learned a little bit about how not to get dumped in in this race. So yeah, I like the top three call here. Um, and hell, he's uh, sixty six to one to win. Uh, or no, you found a better number. So yeah, we'll talk about Justin Haley some more in a few minutes. Yeah, we will. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. All right, uh, fine. Then I'll move on to my next bet, and that is Kevin Harvick as the top Ford. I like the value in this pick. Uh, Cody just laid out everything about Kevin Harvick and and all of his stats and all of his numbers. But I'll, I'll just add to this in that the top Ford in this category, you got Logano at two twenty five, you got Blaney at three fifty. And you got Kevin Harvick at 600. The, it's a steep drop-off between Logano, Blaney, and Harvick. So, I mean, look, I, I do like Blaney, and I talked about Blaney over Hamlin, right? But I also think that it doesn't matter. Blaney could be 12th and Hamlin could be 13th. But I think Kevin Harvick has a decent enough shot at actually winning this race or even coming in second to, to justify him you know, if he gets a top five and no other Ford gets there, then then that's the top Ford, and and you don't even need him to win, you know. So at at six to one, again, I like the value in this. I'm a little skeptical as to whether or not it skeptical skeptical. I'm I'm a little bit not sure about how how the feasibility of this is, but I also know that if anybody can get it done, it'd be Kevin Harvick and putting. A decent amount of, of anything on, on a six to one bet, you get a good return if it hits. Yeah. So I am going to second that and jump ahead to a different one of my bets because it's along the same lines. I think you can play the Kevin Harvick six to one, and you also take some Ryan Priest as the top Ford at 14 to one. So if you look at it last year, Ford struggled in this race. Joey wins. Yes. Cole Custer was the second finishing Ford in this race. He finished seventh in the 41 car that Priest is going to be in. So there's a positive there, right? And then Kevin Harvick was 10th. He was the third finishing Ford in this race. So it, they didn't have a ton of guys up there. You look at the odds. It's Joey as the prohibitive favorite, right? And Ryan Blaney, as you as you would expect at the top. Then it's Kevin Harvick. You made a great case there. Six to one is solid odds when there's only two guys favored over him. And we know how solid of a finisher he is, right? If those guys get into trouble, have issues, whatever it is, Brad Keselowski at eight to one. He didn't even make the race last year. Then it's Chase Briscoe nine to one. Again, mixed feelings on him. Eric Almarola fourteen to one. Yes, he's a short track, flat track guy, but mixed results with him. And Chris Busher, Austin Sindrick, they're all lumped in here at fourteen to one with Ryan Priest. And then it's a huge drop off, sixty to one. Harrison Burton. So really, most likely none of those guys are going to get it. So of these guys up here, Ryan Priest also. So he was in the 15 car for Rick Ware Racing last year. Everybody had kind of assumed that that car was prepared by Stuart Haas. I heard an interview with Ryan Priest this week, and that wasn't the case. He got the call two weeks before the clash, and they said, hey, do you want to come run this? And he goes, sure. And Rick Ware Racing set it up. He went out there, ran good. He made the main event, and he finished. Oh, where did he end up finishing? Uh, I don't have it. 17th or something like that. He didn't finish. Oh yeah. He 
ended up having uh, part failure late in the race, so he didn't he didn't finish great. But the fact is, he made the show in a Rick Ware car, which <laughs> that alone is, speaks volumes. Then the car he's going to be driving with a subpar driver for Cup Series standards and Cole Custer finished seventh as the second Ford. So fourteen to one, I think there's super great value on this. And again, the top of the Ford field. There's a lot of unknowns, at least up there. Joey, again, he's probably you know he's the favorite for a reason. Won the race last year, defending champion. But that doesn't mean he doesn't get spun. He doesn't have a problem. Ryan Blaney, same thing. And then that's where you get into. There's Kevin Harvick. I don't trust Brad just yet. I think RFK is getting better. I think we're going to see improvements. I'd like to see him make the race this time, since I picked him to win last year and he didn't even make it. But um, yeah, so I think that there's great value on both of these. So I second your Harvick six to one and then throw in uh priest at 14 to one. Hopefully we can hit one of these top forwards. And again, this is a fun way to do it where, you know, again, the race within the race, you don't necessarily, these guys don't have to win. Honestly, you could finish 10th in the race, right? As long as you beat all the other forwards, it doesn't matter. So it gives you something else to cheer for offers you good value. If you catch a 14 to one in the first race of the season, something like that's nice way to get things rolling. Right? So um, yeah, this this is a fun one that has a, a real legitimate chance, in my opinion. And Priest, I could go all day on his qualifications, but modified guy, short track guy, this is type of racing. This is his chance. He got that second opportunity at a better team, right? He's got to take full advantage of that this year, um, and I think that starts this weekend. Again, this is a guy that this race really means something to because he wants to get off on the right foot. Indeed. Well, there was five DNFs, though, in this race out of the 23 cars, uh, all for various issues. Um, Haley had that crash. You talked about uh, what Larson did to him. Priest had an oil pressure. Uh, Reddick had the drivetrain. Briscoe had the drivetrain. And then uh, Denny Hamlin lost his power steering. So, uh, yeah, I mean, who would have who known uh, how Priest would have done had he been able to continue on in that, in that Rick Ware car? So, uh, love that call. And again, it's all about sprinkling. This is super speedway racing uh, mentality, betting mentality. A little here, a little there. Try to try to hit something big. So. Yeah, and again, so many unknowns in this because this was the first race last year. They were just, I mean, they had tested this stuff and done simulations. This was the first time they were racing in this brand new car. So even though we are going to lean a little bit on some of what these guys did last year, like a Justin Haley and stuff, a lot of stuff has changed since then. These cars are completely different. They've changed a lot of things on them, different specs here and there. The teams have learned a lot of stuff. So things are going to be different, and that gives more of an advantage to the longer shot bets because somebody else might have that advantage that you know we didn't even necessarily see last year. Yes, sir. Uh, all right, I'm going to give my next one out. And again, this is I'm, I'm picking another top manufacturer. And, and once again, I'm doing it more for value's sake uh, because when you look at some of these these other drivers, I'm going to pick the top Chevy, and we talked about Kyle Busch, and he's I'm going to take him at, at at 425 plus 425. This is uh, Chase Elliott here is the the leader of this at plus 375. Kyle Larson is right there with them at plus 375, and then Kyle Busch sits at plus 425. But the drop off here is to William Byron, and he's at seven and a half to one, so he's a plus 750 in between that. So the 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 top tier three is Elliott, Larson, and now Bush. Um, and then, of course, there's that that chasm between them uh, where William Byron comes in, Ross Chastain at 75 or 7 uh, and a half to 1, Suarez then at 13 to 1, Bowman at 14 to 1. So, I mean, it starts to get even thinner as we get down there. But I like Kyle Bush as the top forward because we talked about his uh, finish last season in second. Uh, I'm sorry, top Chevy, not top Ford. Um, but as the top Chevy, Joey Logano was a Ford and won this last year. Uh, Kyle Busch was the top Toyota and the second place finisher. The top Chevy finisher, I don't know, Cody, do you have it sitting in front of you or do, or do you have a guess as the top Chevy finisher for last season? I do not have it right in front of me, but I would guess Kyle Larson or Chase Elliott, one of the two. You would be incorrect. It was oh, Austin fine. Dillon followed oh, by Eric goodness. Jones followed by Kyle Larson. So Austin Dillon third that makes my priest point even more. <laughs> Eric Jones in in fourth and Kyle Larson in fifth. So neither Larson nor Byron nor Elliott. Elliott came in in eleventh. Was the top Chevy last season. So 
Um, once again, this is a race where there's going to be all kinds of craziness happening. Cars come up on you quick, literally quick, because you don't have a lot of room to maneuver on this track in general, let alone the width of it as well. So Bush is already, he knows how to get around this track. He did it and he almost won. Uh, so I think in, even in this new car, even in this new whatever he's in now, uh, is going to have the opportunity to go back out and do it again because this isn't about a long-run car. This is literally about getting your ass out there for 150 laps, putting that pedal to the metal, knowing how to weave your way through traffic and keep the lead, um, which he almost did. So uh, I, I still think he can finish as a top Chevy, and at plus 425, I like that to, to happen. Yeah, I like it as well, and you're getting great odds. He already did it last year. Again, some of the expectations out there maybe will be proven wrong, but I think that there's good value there. And if you're convinced on a guy like this, now is the time to get these good odds because if Kyle Busch comes out and has a lackluster season, yeah, we were high on him, but that was kind of the you know what's really expected. But if he comes out and he's good, you're ahead of the game. You get it early. That's your chance to make the most of it. You got to shoot your shot with guys, right? And sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. I drafted a bunch of Jalen Hurts later on in fantasy drafts this year, and that paid off pretty good for me, right? So sometimes you just have to shoot your shot. Sometimes you take Trey Lance, and it doesn't go so well. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, the Niners <laughs> Sorry, know that all too well. <laughs> hate, to, hate to rub that one with it. But yeah, my team anyway. knows that. <laughs> yes, Kyle Busch. Uh, again, I fully back you on that one. I'm going to do a similar play. Again, lo just looking for some value here. Tyler Reddick as the top Toyota, plus 325. Again, these Toyota bets are, are almost so much easier to make than the other manufacturers. There's a shit ton of Chevys in the field. There's a lot of Fords in the field. There's only six Toyotas out there. So he only has to beat five Toyotas. Does Ty Gibbs make this race? Uh, I'd be surprised if he does, honestly. We'll see, but... If he doesn't, that leaves only five. Does Bubba Wallace make it? He probably will, but he's on the bubble. That leaves you with four. And then, you know, Martin Truex Jr. is one of those. Well, you can kind of just chuck him out the window, right? Denny Hamlin. We saw it last year. Did Things didn't go well for him. Again, he's one of the better drivers at this style of track, so we wouldn't be surprised if he does it. But Christopher Bell, we've talked about how much we love him, and I do like him this weekend. I am a little bit scared because today an interview came out that he did joe so christopher bell a huge dirt track guy has been doing all these dirt racing stuff like kyle larson does and all this extracurricular stuff well joe gibbs is not a fan of that but coy gibbs loved it joe's son and so christopher bell would go to coy and say hey i want to do this i want to run this coy would be like don't worry i got my dad Unfortunately, Coy passed away this offseason. Joe Gibbs said no more dirt racing. He's not even going to allow Christopher Bell. Unfortunately, Christopher Bell just signed a multi-year extension in October. Because if he hadn't, I think that Christopher Bell would leave that team, potentially go to the number four car or something like that. It's This is could throw a wrench into Christopher Bell's season because you could tell in this interview he was very, very unhappy, as he should be, right? Because... That's that's what he does, and it's always been a thing he's done. And then for it to just be taken away, basically, is so. I, it's going to be interesting to kind of watch that because we talked about those off-field distractions and stuff outside of racing. And if things are getting you know tense inside that organization, could hurt Bell's season. But again, Bell and Hamlin, we expect to do well. But Reddick, we've talked about it, and we think that he's one of the most, or at least I do, think he's one of the most talented guys in the field. And he's going to perform well. So getting him at plus 325, whereas the other guys are at 225 and 275, I think it offers good value. You only have six Toyotas, so he only has to beat five other guys. Um, and, and that's something you're going to hear us repeat if you're new. You're going to hear us talk a lot about top Toyota bets because it's such a small, condensed field. With Chevy, you have to worry about all the Hendrick cars, all of the RCR cars, all the track house cars. And with Toyota, it's just the six of them. And in super speedway races, you'll have other guys, but in some road courses. But for the most part, just the six of them, chartered cars, anyways. Um, so I think there's good value there at plus 325. Yeah, I can't hate that at all either. Uh, we talked about Reddick. It's going to be fun to watch him in this 2311 car. I really think that there's uh, a lot of good things 
that are going to happen, of course. And so I uh, cannot fault you on any sort of Tyler Reddick bet. And at plus money, again, we may never see these kind of odds until the Super Speedway again. Uh, so, we're, you know, we're, we're going to take them where we can get them, just like you said. Um, all right, I'm going to close out my and favorite. Oh. One more thing on Tyler Reddick, too. We talked about it earlier. Or, oh, never mind. You're going to get into it. I'll just let you get into it. <laughs> Why, thank you, my friend. Uh, there's a lot more good about Tyler Reddick last year. <laughs> there's a ton more good about Tyler Reddick, uh, and we'll definitely hit that. So let me get to my last bet, and that is um, – I just picked a little bit of fun stuff. The winning car number, uh, they have the over-under set at 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the over on this at minus 124. It's just a little bit more toward the uh, toward the over end, but that's kind of because there's more there's more cars above the over on this one. Uh, but I mean, look when you when you look at over 12 and a half, it gives you guys um, like what we were just talking about, Tyler Reddick. Um, it also gives you Justin Haley. Um, it gives you a chance for maybe even uh, Priest. Uh, but you know. I, I do think that the winner will come from over 12 and a half. Bush, you can make a case for, is not no longer over 12 and a half. Now he is at eight. Um, obviously, Hamlin is 11. Um, Harvick, four, right? And and Kyle Larson uh, and Chase Elliott, both under 12 and a half as well. But I don't think one of those guys wins this race. And so I think the winner comes from over 12 and a half. Cody's making faces over there. He's ready to. I, ready I was to very in. close to putting this on my card, and I was going to take the other side. So, I just looking through the favorites, but you never know. Joey Logano won last year, right? He's over. You got uh, you got guys like and Bush Liam was Byron, second, and he was eighteen. Christopher Bell, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it, I'll, I didn't. I did not put it on there, so I'll give it to you. <laughs> on to my winners. Oh wait, wait, we're not. Um, we got it. We got to oh, take a break. Yeah. Oh, we got. <laughs> Getting ahead I, of myself. I know we're out of practice taking taking our breaks. Aren't <laughs> yeah, we? I know it's all. I'm all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Step away one more time, and when we come back, we will get down to the actual winners. Uh, it's been a long off season for us too, but we're back in it. So <laughs> let's take a break, come back, and break down our winners for you for the race. But first, let's tell you that SGPN. We're giving away $1,000 in our Big Game Squares contest. It's completely free to enter. All you need to do is follow the Mothership, the Sports Gambling Podcast on Spotify. Give them a rating. Then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter for your chance to win a free Big Game Square. And while you're at it, make sure to sign up on the SGPN app and get your own Big Game Bingo card full of all your favorite big game prop bets. And if you get bingo, you'll get a $57 SGPN gift card. Only catch is you must be subscribed to the Sports Gambling Podcast and the NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube to win. It's free to play. Love that price. And exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, Cody. Now we can be... (laughs) giving out our winning picks because you want to prove my winning car bet absolutely wrong. Well, I got one that'll prove it wrong, one that'll prove it right. As you know, I don't just pick one winner because I like to spread spread my units out a little bit. But this was a tough one as far as like my favorite you know, my my favorite of the race to to pick and I went back and forth. There's a lot of guys you can make an argument for up top. Kyle Busch, of course, came, you know, he definitely, I considered him. Denny Hamlin, I highly considered. Kyle Larson, I considered. I decided to go with my heart and Chase Elliott. Uh, eight to one is great odds for Chase Elliott. He won more races than anyone else did last season, winning five. Um, Should have won probably eight if those road courses hadn't, he got screwed in multiple road course races, right? Um, but he, he just, he's good at this type of track. Had a lot of success, led a ton of laps at Martinsville, um, did good in both those races there. Uh, he was good at New Hampshire, good at Richmond as well. Um, and it just, again, the golden boy, right? He's the most popular driver. He's the face of NASCAR. They go out to L.A., get him a win. I, I like that that narrative of it as well. And he's, again, a great road course racer. That's another style you can compare to this with the braking and everything. He was running up in the top five a majority of the race last se- last year. 
uh, did get involved in one of those spins late and that shuffled him back a little bit, but he's a driver that's proven he can win anywhere and everywhere. He's good on all styles of tracks. Um, and I think that we see Elliot hit the ground running this year. And so, yeah, gonna, gonna go with my heart, but also, uh, I think it's, it's great odds. You're not going to see Elliot eight to one many places outside of a super speedway and this race. Uh, so we're going to take the odds while I can get them. As many times as, we, as we've harped on value, like that, that seems to be our key word. Anytime we start talking about bets and, you know, you'll find if you're new to the show and, and you're just now tuning in because of the, the Bush clash and the odds, you know, we more often than not, we want to make a bet because it offers good value. Obviously, sometimes we know you have to make it because we just know it's going to it's going to hit. But by and large, if there's value in it, we, we definitely want to bear down on it. And, you know, you're right. Chase Elliott obviously has the the capability of winning anywhere, anytime in anything he ever drives. So it's never a bad opportunity when you're betting on uh, Chase Elliott. And especially, uh, you know, given the fact that this is, uh, like you said, plus 800 as a favorite. Other than uh, super speedways, you're very rarely going to see plus 800 as a favorite. So, um, you know, and, and we've told you already that this is a, a place where you don't want to go too heavy on any one single driver or any one single bet. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously worth a sprinkle to put that on Chase Elliott. Uh, but I like your second one even better than your first one. Yeah, speaking of value, Justin Haley, why not? Already bet him at a top three. I'm going to bet him to win this race too. Just because I, I think that obviously it's unlikely at 75 to one, but I think that there is that small possibility that he just has this track figured out. He comes out with a hot rod like he did last year, and he's up there with a chance to win. Even if he's running in the top five, we could get a late wreck. Where guys are going for the win and they wreck each other. He pulls through something like that. He can put himself in position and it's 75 to one. That's good enough for me. If you can put yourself in position to be there again, how many times did we talk about that last year and it worked out or they were close? We almost, you know, guys like Corey LaJoy at 201 at Atlanta, he put himself in position, right? He was almost there. And if you get almost there enough on some of these, you're going to hit eventually. Um, and so, yeah, Justin Haley, 75 to one already made the case for him earlier. I think we're going to see a good day from Haley. Um, and so I want to have a little on him to win too, just in case. I want a lot on him to win, but uh, obviously we're going to temper our expectations. But I think I, I agree with you on this one too. The long shot I even gave out was at 66 to 1. So at 75 to 1 is a way better deal, which is why it's key to shop around. But I, I do agree that 75 to 1 is, is such a, a tempting thing to throw out there on Justin Haley. I would not hate to see him win, honestly. I, I really do. I'd love to see it, especially with a 75-5-1 ticket in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's why you want to see him win. I just want to see him win for the sake of I also of like win. Justin Haley. Yeah, he's not, a, he's not a bad guy to root for. Um, that uh, that helps the case a lot. <laughs> indeed. All right, so my my winner's boring. Um, I know I talked about him quite a bit, I, but it's Tyler Reddick. I like your winner. Yeah, Tyler Reddick at 14-1. to one. And, and I'll let Cody expand the way he was going to expand earlier, but I, I just think, look, he had such a, a great shot at winning this race last season. Tyler Reddick, 51 laps led, had that drivetrain issue, but he looked so fantastic in that eight car, and, and for a second we thought that we'd be talking about him a lot over the course of the beginning of the season. Didn't happen nearly as much, and obviously it kind of turned on, right, late, late in the season, and we started talking about him more and more and more. Um, but for Tyler Reddick, this move, I think frees him up because I don't know what it was, but that eight car was not necessarily the right fit for him, right? I don't think that team was the right fit for him. I, I just don't think that it worked well for Tyler Reddick. He still was successful, uh, in spite of that, but I think now in a team where Tyler Reddick and Bubba Wallace get a chance to be like one, a one B. Right, and Tyler Reddick obviously his star shines a little bit brighter than than Bubba Wallace's does right now, but that may change over the course of the season as well. And you've got Hamlin, you've got Jordan in the building, you know, you've got tons of great people as cheerleaders, right? Drivers, athletes, it's just a better environment overall for a guy like Tyler Reddick. And I think this may be a freeing experience for him. He's going to go out, use that knowledge that he took from last season with the success that he had. And I think he's going to win this race. And at 14 to 1, 
I really do love the odds on this. Oh, I love it too. And had you not picked him, he, he was probably would have been the one I went with as my favorite. Uh, I did. I let you get to that section first, uh, but no, I love Tyler Reddick. He absolutely just dominated this race early last season. You already made the case. I don't need to make any more of a case, but led 51 laps early. And then he was leading under the caution flag and it just, it shut off on him. I think it was a drivetrain issue or something. And it just, he couldn't get going again. And so we didn't get to see the full, what we should have seen from him. Um, but yeah, he, I really, really love this. And I, I can't believe that he's not more of a favorite, honestly, than, than this. So I've got him at the top Toyota at plus 325. You double that up with the win at 14 to one. Absolutely love it. Yeah, and again, this is uh, this is all just a, a crapshoot too, because again, he could very well uh, get in trouble in one of those those heat races, and then uh, his day would be done. But you know, again, Tyler Reddick has something to drive for this 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 race. I mean, this isn't a kind of a throwaway race. This isn't one of the the dis uh, disenfranchised races in the eight. I mean, he's literally racing for a new team. He's he's probably excited to get out there and show what that 45 car can do. Uh, I know he's got some some big shoes to fill and Kurt Busch as well. So he wants to keep that 45 car relevant, and I think he's the right guy for it. So, yeah, I love and him. They're going to be in L.A. Jordan's for sure going to be there, right? He's got to be. He loves going to the racetrack, and then you put it in a place like L.A., and you think he's for sure going to be there. So, yeah, I, you want to show – the new boss, how good you are, especially when the new boss is Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right. Well, uh, you definitely want to impress the boss then. Uh, I love it. Um, all right. Well, I will take the second to go over all of our bets as I do. A little bet oh, recap for you. <laughs> I did not forget this time. Yes. Uh, recap all the bets for you as we uh, as we do. So get your pen and paper out, and we will recap these bets. Cody started it all off with giving you Kevin Harvick over Martin Truex Jr. at minus 125. I followed it up with Ryan Blaney over Denny Hamlin at minus 114. Cody gave you William Byron over Ross Chastain at minus 114. I gave you Kyle Busch over Joey Logano at minus 114. Cody gave you Justin Haley as a top three car at plus 1,600. And then I said that Kevin Harvick was going to be the top Ford at 6-1, to one, plus 600. Cody followed that with Tyler Reddick as the top Toyota at plus 325. I turned around and said Kyle Busch was going to be the top Chevy at plus 425. Cody said Ryan Priest is going to be the top Ford at plus 1400. I said the winning car is going to be over 12.5 at minus 124. And then Cody gave you only two winners this time. I'm, I'm a little disappointed and yet not at the same time. Uh, I'll have four for the Daytona 500. It's going to be like first touchdowns. You split your unit up, and, and we just, go there. Don't worry. I know. I know. I'm in for it. That's I already I, know who most of them are. So I just freaking <laughs> opened up Pandora's box, you guys. Uh, all right. So he gave you. I might uh, end up having more by the time we get there. You right? will. I guarantee it. <laughs> Chase, I, if I'm if I'm taking the over-under, I'm taking over five. Uh, well, that's at like minus 10,000. That's true, too. Uh, <laughs> well, you only pay the juice if you lose, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, so Chase Elliott at plus 800 and Justin Haley at 75 to 1. Uh, and then I rounded it out with giving you Tyler Reddick to win at 14 to 1. Go ahead, pencils down. We'll uh, continue on. So, all right, Cody, first betting show out of the way, buddy. How do you feel? Oh. <sighs> I'm excited. I'm ready He's to tired. go. We got the bets in. Now let's get to the racing. <laughs> Can we just fast forward? Let's get uh, to it. I'm ready. Well, hey, listen, uh, as as it stands today, we're only a couple of days away from practice. So depending on when you uh, when you listen to this show, you'll be even that much closer to practice and you'll be that much closer to the clash itself. Then, of course, we start with the Daytona 500 shows, which I'm just glad it's here. Finally, we actually put out some bets. Thank you to those of you books who gave us actual good odds for this. I'm ready to go. Let's uh, let's go make some money, Rob. All right, fine. Well, let's let everybody get to it as well. Uh, hurry up to your books. Start placing those bets. Cody, before we send them on their way, remind everybody where they can find you on social media. Yep. Follow me on Twitter, at Husker underscore Zeeb. A uh, bunch of motorsports all, all through Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR, all three series. Got futures, futures articles and whatnot out there. Uh, got a couple of Super Bowl articles that I'm working on right now. Those will be coming out here soon. 
with some some Super Bowl stuff to, to bet on and keep your eye on. So definitely stay tuned and check those out. And then again, join us in the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. Um, that's that's where you can get in on the action. We'll talk about stuff post-practice, post during the heat races, after the heat races. We'll be active in there. You can ask questions in there. Lots of guys like to you know get the late questions. How are you feeling? Who should I start in my fantasy lineup? Stuff like this and that. That's where we'll have our weekly uh, DK fantasy game. You can join us, a couple bucks in there. And then we're going to have the season-long fantasy game. That starts with the Daytona 500. Um, so, again, as soon as – I don't think NASCAR's opened that up yet. But once they do, I'll have that set up, and you can win a $200 SGPN gift card for that. So got to be scored to get in. So get over there. Yeah, let's go racing, Rob. Let's go racing, my friend. Well, of course, follow me on Twitter at RJ Villagomez. Link at the bottom. Everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it's in between. Media the Back Road kicked off tonight. It was Thursday night. Let's go check it out on the IBT YouTube. We'll see you again tomorrow where we'll talk more about everything going on, some news leading up to practices for the Bush Light Clash. But until then, everybody, let's go racing and let it ride. Let's go.